Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. It's so nice to see everyone online and then to have people here in Rosendo is just wonderful. I appreciate it greatly to have the physical presence. It really makes a difference, but it's always nice to have our online folks. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to also welcome people who might be listening to this recording at some point in the future. So people from, especially from the Sangus in Madison, England, Switzerland, um, Chicago, and Hawaii. So we welcome those folks as well. Um, we probably have too many people to do names today. Maybe we could do names today. Um, so I, I see some faces I don't recognize. Not too many. Maybe one. Anyway, and so I thought we could start in here and just go around the group and say, just say your name. I'm Laurie. I'm David. I'm Susan. I'm Ellen. I'm Zoe. I'm Kiana. Okay, and if you guys online would like to um, do the same, it's kind of tricky with online because who knows who needs to go first, but uh, you can just kind of say it when, after somebody else says it. We'll just I'm, I'm Genevieve. I'm in Maine. I'm Dorothy. I'm in Texas. I'm Maria, and I'm in the UK. Rosemary, I'm, New Jersey. I'm Bob. I'm in Austin. I am Claudine. I am in Switzerland. I'm Becky. I'm in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. I'm, I'm Marla. I'm in Castle Rock, Colorado. I'm Lynn. I'm in Wimberley, Texas. I'm Lynn, Mexico City. I'm Kate. I'm in Austin. I'm Nelly. I'm in Spain. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gabriela, Mexico City. everybody I think it is except for she will have here right wow i'm impressed what an international group we have here nelda yes you know, uh, i was muted sorry that's okay go ahead i'm nelda in atx great okay well welcome all um so exciting uh, i'd like to start with uh, some upcoming events um, uh, as you probably know, I've been sending out some announcements for an upcoming class that I'm going to be offering in uh, uh, September 4th, no, 17th, 24th, and October 1st. They're Saturdays, and the class will be from 10 to 11.30 in the morning. And um, uh, it's called The True Nature of Nature, and it <clears throat> I think it'll be fun that we'll be just doing for those who were in the intensive prior um, a couple of weeks ago, we'll be doing uh, 
shifting again. And for those who didn't experience that, we're gonna, I'm gonna be reintroducing it. So it's no, no big deal. You know, that. And um, we'll be asking lots of questions about what we see, what we notice, what we can learn from what we see and notice. So um, that'll be coming up in the future. Uh, also in October, Peg is going to be coming for uh, about two weeks. That's our, um, one of our senior teachers. Um, <clears throat> and there'll be a Jukai ceremony on one Sunday. And there's, I, th I think she's having a class as well, but the information is not out on that yet. But anyway, she'll be here. So um, if you'd like to hear a Dharma talk from Peg, I'm sure she'll be offering one. So that'll be nice. Um, anything else that you're aware of? Okay. So um, maybe that we're not required to wear masks. Yes, no. hallelujah. Um, we're no, we, we've gone into the low um, level. Level, yes. thank you. The low level of COVID uh, cases and so forth. So you're not required to wear masks uh, at this time in the Zendo. Um, so maybe more people would like to come. Uh, so anyway, that's that's exciting and. Uh, of course, it's always subject to change. If cases go up again, we may change it again. But right now, we're free, except for some of us who are being sensitive to mm -hmm. um, other things. So they are maybe around older people or what have you. Or maybe they are older people. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just moving along. <laughs> okay, so. Um, so today, I, I, today's offering is actually, a, it's kind of a mini way-seeking mind talk. Um, and I probably should have published it because some people, or announced it because some people were kind of interested in it, but I didn't. I, it was kind of a last minute decision. So, uh, so what I wanted to talk about is um, in February uh, of this year, um, I realized that I needed to take a step back. I'm, I'm an entrusted teacher, so I have quite a bit of responsibility here and, and I'm here quite a bit. Um, and I realized uh, I needed to um, take some time for myself. And uh, so I did that. So I kind of wanted to talk about my experience and what was going on and um, the habits that I have and the way I look at things sometimes that are detrimental to practice. And I just share it mainly because it may be useful to anyone here who might have similar habits or other ones that um, uh, can lead to burnout. And um, um, so I just have a few ideas of what, what, what happened with me and then um, how I've come back since then. So that's where we're going. Um, so uh, where am I going to start? Um, so what happened? So the symptoms, what happened wearing symptoms wearing it, uh, back in mm, January and yeah, so forth. Um, I was noticing I was I was angry a lot, which is not my usual way of being, and I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with 
when most everything that I was doing just wasn't, I wasn't in a happy place. Um, and everything seemed like a burden. You know, I'd go away and on a trip or a weekend or what have you, then I'd come back and I'd go, ugh. And that's not a good sign. Um, so uh, I was, uh, I, and I actually, I did go away for a week to, to, to Mexico. And it was a lovely trip and all, but I was so depleted that, again, I came back and, and realized I just can't do what I'm doing anymore. And um, so uh, what was going on at the time, partially, was I, I'm a teacher at a uh, nonprofit here in town. And it's for um, Spanish-speaking adults, <clears throat> most of whom um, have not had, have not completed uh, high school uh, education or basic education. And so I, I work with them uh, actually in Spanish just to help them learn to read and write and hopefully to get a diploma. <clears throat> um, so I've been doing that for about four years and um, I was feeling some stress there uh, simply because um, sometimes I, it was just me. I had five students, five or six students and they were all at different levels. It's not a class. It's a, you know, I deal with everybody with whatever they're dealing with. And they all have different books. And they're all at different places in the books. <laughs> so it requires a lot. And so if I have help with somebody there, it works out fine. But when I don't have that help, it's like, and I never, I never even thought of saying to administration, you know what, I can't do it this way. It wasn't until February or, yeah. And I finally thought, you know, I need to let them know. Instead, <laughs> I thought, oh, I just got to do the best I can. But actually, it wasn't serving me or it wasn't serving the people that I was working with either. So that was one thing that was going on. And then uh, I have an elderly mother. She's 99. She's still hanging in there. She's pretty tough. And uh, in December, she contracted COVID from uh, a caregiver who didn't want to wear a mask. Um, she said she had allergies and didn't go get a test and lo and behold she had COVID and gave my mother COVID. <clears throat> Unfortunately, my mother being the tough woman she is, she uh, was only sick one day and the rest of the time she was fine, which was good, but we really felt like it was necessary to let go of the caretaker, caregiver, so it was really stressful. Uh, my brother, who is kind of the one who keeps up with things in Dallas where my mother lives, he was out of town, so I needed to step in and <clears throat> help try to find somebody to take um, take care of my mom while she had COVID and then subsequently after she came out of COVID. So that was kind of a lot on my plate. And, uh, and then um, here at Akamata, um, Peg had left a year, well, probably a year ago now. It's over a year, year and a half ago. It was kind of abrupt and she moved back to Chicago and to be with her family and to finally get rest that she so desperately needed and didn't take for herself while she was here. And um, when she left, it left this huge gap that the three teachers, the three touches, trusted teachers were here to, to fill. Um, but there was a lot of, with COVID, you know, we closed down and it, there was a lot of confusion as to who was doing what and it was just a, a large transition. 
And uh, a couple of months in, Joel had decided he was retiring and moved to Albuquerque, which he needed to do. And I get it. And I'm going, uh oh. <laughs> this looks like a busy time for one. <laughs> so, so that was kind of, that was another stressor for me. Because <clears throat> um, I was thinking, ooh, this is a lot, a lot to try to deal with all at once. Um, so, uh, one of the factors in, in my overwhelm are some, some of these um, habits that I developed a long time ago. And these are the things that, that really needed to be looked at, which I find my leaving was so beneficial because I got really, really real with what I was doing with stress. And I've had this idea that when you get start getting stressed out about stuff or you start getting concerned about things or you get disappointed or whatever, it's stand up, dust yourself off and get back to it, get busy. There's no, we don't have time for worrying about stuff or, you know, I'm going to worry anyway, but so just keep moving, which sometimes is true. Um, sometimes you need to do that when things have to be done. And, um, but uh, there's always a, what I didn't realize is there's a limit that you, we have limits and you have to recognize your limits. And I was way beyond my limits at the time. So I got busier and I have always been a busy, busy person. Um, it's like if there was a hole in my calendar, I'd say, well, yeah, sure, I could do that. In actuality, there wasn't any room for me, you know, and, and taking care of me, which um, is very important. It's something that actually I learned in life saving many years ago that um, as a, a lifesaver, you swim out to the person, but if they're struggling and grabbing you, you let go of them. Because if you lose the, the rescuer, you both go down. So it's kind of like that. We need to each take care of ourselves so that we can help each other, you know, and have a certain, we have to be resilient. And to do that, we need rest to do it. We need to be paying attention to where we are. So um, I had this idea too, that a lot of things I had to do, you know, it's kind of arrogant in a way, it had to be me that did it, uh, instead of saying, you know what, somebody else can do this. Um, so that was another error of my ways. Uh, needed to learn that. So, um, a lot of crazy thinking. So I kept filling up the calendar, not realizing that um, I wasn't managing things, and then I would get really stressed about doing a talk and then I would get so stressed I'd say no you have to stay this horrible taskmaster was saying well, you stay in that room until you finish <laughs> it's like what is that about um so I wouldn't eat and I didn't do my exercise and I just wasn't being kind to myself at all um yeah so uh, with all this busyness I started getting appointments. 
I make appointments with all good intention of, oh, Kim, you want to meet? Oh, Susan, you want to? And, um, and then I was just plain, couldn't remember them at all. So people were starting to get upset with me. You know, it's like, you know, it hurts people's feelings when you don't show up and then you have nothing to say, but, oh, I forgot. And I did forget. I just couldn't keep up with it, despite my calendar. Um, so uh, when I came back from Mexico, because that didn't seem to help. A week off just did not seem to help. Um, and even though I was in a very beautiful place, you know, it was down Caribbean, you know, in Aquamel, it's a beautiful place to go swim and dive, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm still, I, I was not enjoying it. Something was missing. And one of the things that I realized, I, I felt like a thing. I stopped being. I wasn't a being anymore. Instead, I was just somebody who had to frantically take care of this and take care of that and I'll make sure that this and I'll make sure that it was just a horrible state of being, you know? Um, yeah. So once I realized that and I realized, you know, tears were coming pretty readily. <laughs> like, dude, I think it's time to do something. <laughs> so um, I spoke with Peg and I said, Peg, I just, can't do this. I just can't do this like this anymore. I, I need some time off. I've got to do something. And she said, okay, I support you 100%. Yay, Peg, you know? Um, and I said, I, 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 what I want to do is I just want to drop everything and put one thing back in and see if that works. And then that's working, maybe I can add something else and then see how it goes. But until I'm ready to do that, I, I, I just gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta change things. So um, she was very amenable to all of that and, and as this went, was also supportive. Um, so I was good to go. Uh, and I you know, told people on the councils and the board and so forth, and of course the teachers, and I realized that it was problematic, you know, because Joel was going to be leaving soon, and there were only so many people who uh, have training, or teaching, and so forth. So I realized that it would have an impact, um, but I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt like it was very necessary. So I, I stopped my weekly reflection, as I mentioned the other day in my reflection. I stopped council meetings, Dharma talks, everything except Zazen. And uh, my Zazen started out pretty regular and then I started just being at home instead of coming here so much. So my presence in the Zendo dropped significantly. <clears throat> and Peg was so kind. Um, she had said, don't do anything you don't want to do. And that was a novel thought. You know, I had been working under the presumption that things need to be done. You know, you do them. Who cares about what, what you want to do? It just wasn't in my way of thinking. So um, she said, no, no, no. 
you know, you want to go do a Dharma talk, do it. But don't say you're going to keep on doing it. Just do it when you want to. That was a big burden off of me, just having that opportunity to think that way. It was so novel. So uh, I spent a lot of time at home and I got busy doing <laughs> projects because the girl really can't be not busy. <laughs> so I just caught up on all the things that I hadn't been doing for so long. And then, you know, fixing things and organizing things and getting rid of things. And, and then I rediscovered my garden. A garden is something you should, in my estimation, should be tended to every day for just a few minutes. And I hadn't done that in months. I just, I just didn't have time for it. And so I rediscovered going out first thing in the morning and saying, okay, who's doing what today? What's, what's growing? And it was so delightful. Just with that, it was, I, I was coming back to life. Um, and then I, I had more time just to hang out with my animals, you know, especially my cat. I haven't spent so much quality time with my cat. Of course, my dog, I spent a lot of quality time with my dog, but I had more time to do that. And he was gay, for sure. And then I started engaging with my neighbors. And you know what? I like my neighbors. And I love the children. Um, it's so nice to just be much more engaged in my life. I started taking naps again, which I've, I've done since forever. All the way through graduate school, I was taking naps. I stopped when I had to work. But and when I started taking naps, I was thoughts were kind of there. you are so lazy, it's daylight and you're lying down. Oh my God, get up girl. I said, no, I'm just going to take a little while. I'm just going to stay here for a little bit. So slowly, slowly but surely, the sense of my being started to come back. What do I mean by that? It means that I could just be in a space and not do anything and be content, be gloriously content without all the chores coming through my head, without feeling like I'm not doing what I should be doing. It was wonderful. And I always do this when I walk with Ollie, but I started doing it more often. I'm just paying attention to what I like to pay attention to, which is things in nature. Paying attention to those silly squirrels. <laughs> who I just like to play with, you know, I just like to talk to them. And so looking at me and shaking their tail and, you know, I just stand there and say, okay, I'll leave you alone. Or, you know, chase them. I don't chase them. I just look around the other side of the tree and say, I see you. And they'll sit there, act like they're part of the tree. Anyway. So silly stuff like that, paying attention to the size of the bees, the bumblebees in my garden, and the full sized leaves of the squash, and the color of the sky. And are those darn clouds moving or not? You have to sit still for a bit to find out. 
think it was my child. A child had been seriously neglected. That wonder, I deprived myself of that. And then one day, two or three months in, I woke up and said, I want to do a Dharma talk. I have never <laughs> done that. <laughs> I've said, yeah, I need to do a Dharma talk or, you know, I kind of want to do this Dharma. But no, this is a, a, a joyful, I want to do a Dharma talk. I told Peg and she said, okay, that's the way it should be when you do a Dharma talk. You're, you're joyful about doing a Dharma talk. I said, I get it. I get it. I'm there. We'll see how long it lasts, my joy, with a Dharma talk. <laughs> um, actually, it's continued since that time. And also gone was all that fear and agitation about doing a Dharma talk. It's just gone. So it was a new, wonderful life again. It was, it, it was wonderful. I was back, back in my body, back in my sense of wonder, just back. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. I'm so grateful that I had so much support during that time from my teachers and the Sangha in general were very kind about that. And some people got more work to do because of it. And I appreciate their having allowed me to do it. Sometimes now I start to have the pull again. Oh, so much needs to be done. I can feel it wanting to come on. And I have to watch it. And I have to go take a nap and say, it's okay, I don't have to do anything today. So it's a practice. It's a practice. It's my new practice. And I'm so glad to be here. And because I'm enjoying this practice and enjoying the teaching, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be being again. I don't ever want to be a thing again, just a thing. So I know I have to be deliberate about paying attention, slowing down, and being. So that's it for my Dharma talk. So I'd like to open for any questions that anybody might have, and then maybe we can do a little exercise. I have a question. Yes. Could you say more about how this influenced practice or how practice influenced what you did? You mentioned um, you mentioned that at the beginning, and then I got the sense maybe, so you did Zazen. I didn't know if the Zazen dropped off or you just stopped showing up at Avalada or just... Mm -hmm. No, I continued practice and... Um, and I, I was sitting, continuing to sit, and I was continuing to to talk with teachers, mm -hmm. and um, on and off with my my peers. Mm -hmm. um, and 
Yeah, so I, I really wanted to stay in touch. You know, I didn't want to be in, too involved, but I did want to kind of keep track of what's going on. And, um, but I think that the main, my, my main practice was not doing. Mm. That was my practice. Yeah. And being okay with that. And because I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm one of these people that what I do in my life, it has been um, my determination of self-worth. And that's a big trap that will lead you into overdoing. Sure so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's doing, but there's also just that feeling of responsibility that is overwhelming. That's right. And I often go there. That's right. You know, that comes before either the doing. Yeah. But how to, it seems, it's a challenge for me to how to not have that in my my mind. That's right. I, I get that. It's a 24 seven thing. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that has really helped me with that is Peg saying, you think you have to do everything yourself. You don't. There's lots of people that are there to help you. And I think it's, it's, it's hard for some of us to, to ask help or don't want to burden other people. Or you know, there's you're looking at it, but I think it's actually, um, I I think it, it's it's good for one to ask someone else for help. I ask you for help all the time. <laughs> I don't help you. I didn't burden you. But anyway, um, I think it's good to ask for help because you're also you're allowing someone to help you. They're allowing somebody to learn how to do something, and that's important. It makes them feel. Like they're part of this too. Yeah, I've heard this saying that, that a monk told me that monks beg in order to give people the opportunity to give. And there's there's something about that. <clears throat> yeah, there's truly something about that. Because remember the, the gift, the giver and the receiver, no difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard thing to learn. Yeah. We have Marla and Lynn online when you're ready for them, Laurie. Okay, Marla, hi there. Hi, um, I was intrigued by one of the last statements that you made, Laurie, that you don't ever want to just be a thing again. The word thing makes me wonder how you define that, how you know when you're a thing and what contrasts with thingness What's the opposite of being a thing? Being, being, yeah. But the difference is um, a, a thing to me, feeling like a thing is, it's like you're, you're an object, you're a means of, of getting things done. You, you cease to be a person that's really engaging. Instead, you just have a, a list and you're checking things off. You're just a cog in the wheel. You have no real connection to things, you know? Yeah. And so, and the opposite to me is the being. It's like, it's like just taking a moment. It's not checking out. It's, 
just take a moment and just move into awareness. <sighs> and you're alive. You notice you're alive. Everybody else is alive and we're all connected in this. You know, that's being, being aware. You're full of this, you're part of this wonderful world that's full of all sorts of creatures of all sizes and shapes and colors. And they're all doing stuff just to survive. And do we really want to squash them anyway? Because they're so darn cute or they're so weird. You know, it's just about being attentive, being, being in this body, feeling, smelling, tasting, touching, the whole thing, you know, and then seeing people and being thrilled to see them. That's, that's what happens to me yeah. when I'm in that place. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, Lynn. Hi, Laurie. Hey. For, for, am I, yeah. First of all, I love you, and I think we all love you. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling it from everybody. Um, this was an amazing talk. Um, I learned so much. Uh, there was it was a true Dharma talk. There, there, there were there was so much to learn from this, uh, and and you weaving yourself through it, um, and. Um, I wanted to just say about about uh, thing. Um, I when I when I finished graduate school and was looking for a job, uh, my father even noticed this. He said, "Lynn, um, I noticed you keep saying something like when I'm a real person again, when I'm a real person again." So I think I must have been using that term like thing. I but I would I would call it when I'm a real person again. Somehow that meant getting back to that beingness as opposed to the cog um, that I might've felt and the pressure of graduate school. Uh, but the thing I wanted to ask you was that morning you woke up and said, I want to do a Dharma talk. And you found that joy for that. What, can you talk more about that? What do you think happened? What, um, was it just a shift or was, I know you were resting and I know you had accepted not doing, but is there any way, other way you can process what do you think happened that you felt that way when you woke up? Yeah, um, it, it's kind of hard to put my finger on it because it was a process, you know? I mean, there was a moment I felt that, um, but it wasn't a moment that I changed. It was a process. So it's kind of hard to say. I, I think probably I was holding so much stuff, so many ideas of who I am and what I should be. I think that was a lot of it. Um, and I think I shed a lot of that. Mm. You know, I, I came to the realization I didn't have to be someone else. I didn't have to be X to be a Dharma teacher. And I had to please everyone. That, that's always been a big thing for me anyway, people pleasing. That if I did a Dharma talk and somebody didn't like it, well, that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's not going to appeal to everybody. 
Um, you know, that's just the way it is. And so it was a lot of acceptance of, of who I am and what I'm not. I think that was a big part of it. Does that make sense? It does. Thank you so much. We have Nelda, Laurie, if you... Okay, Nelda. Hi, Laurie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this talk and for your transparency in the context of practice and how you've moved on this journey. I mean, it's just lovely to hear someone say, yes, I may be a teacher, but yes, I have these moments. And so I appreciate that so much. Uh, here's my question. Because um, the way that you got to the point of exhaustion resonated in some ways with me. Um, but in other ways, here's what I find my personal issue is. I love, like you, I've always been very busy. And I love doing stuff. And so I will do something, whatever that is, to the point of exhaustion. But the process of doing it is so joyful that I get a little burst of energy and I move on to do the next thing. So now I'm doubly exhausted, but I'm also joyful. So it gives me energy to do one more thing. And before I know it, I started at, you know, eight in the morning and it's three in the morning and I've done this all day. And then, right? And then I crash, which is not a pretty sight. So, um, and I've sat with this issue. I've sat with, all right, is there a coupling that's gone on that's not healthy? Um, I just love doing. And and if I could like sort of kill that little burst of joy and energy, I could, <laughs> I could stop before three in the morning, but isn't that what doing is about? Doing it with joy, right? So teacher, tell me. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You can have too much of a good thing. It depends on the impact it has on me. You know, if it's detrimental that you're not getting enough sleep, if you're ignoring, you know, basic care, I would say that that's problematic, even if you're joyfully, you know, wearing yourself out. You need, you know, I think a little bit of um, uh, moderation. Oh, thank you. You just, I just got a picture. It's like loving candy so much and eating it until you get sick, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. And thank you. I, I have that same thing about, um, I've always been this way. I wanted to be, wanted to do everything, you know? I want to try that. Oh, that sounds interesting. Let me try that, you know? And it's just like, I can't, I can't. Here's the deal. I'm 66 years old. I can't do what I used to be able to do. That's part of it too. I don't have the stamina. I, I used to be, you know, energizing funny. <laughs> no more. So. I, I've just realized, Laurie, why we get on so well. I think we're twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of commonalities. <laughs> And I, and I th thank you for the for the talk today. It's so valuable to hear you saying everything that you've said today. So thank you so much. Did you want to make a comment? I was just curious how you said you had to work with the nonprofit and 
did you take off work there during this period and have you gone back and how do you resolve the stress that that was there before is it gone or is it still yeah. a problem um it's interesting you ask it well I, I actually stayed there as opposed to I left here and just so I would have something going on and also I, I have students and you know I my students I I, I fret about them because there aren't too many people who want to teach my class they just aren't and um, so it was more for them that I, that I stayed and um, I did finally say I can't do this this way if we continue this way without me having to help her. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stopping. So, I, you know, and that was one thing about this period is I discovered boundaries. <laughs> it's something I should learn a lot earlier than now, but anyway, it'll have to do. But um, yeah, to be able to say, I will do this and I won't do that. I mean, this is killing me. Yeah. Um, and I have been in touch with them, and they're, um, I don't know if I'm going to continue or not. It remains to be seen. They're having their own difficulties. So. Thank you.